0: What is going on guys welcome back to another edition of the monday morning blues i'm christian hansen and this is my podcast i hope everyone is doing great we are back december 28th was the last episode for the show and that was othman wahabi um canadian moroccan uh, blues guitar player who's incredible his uh record his new record just came out on the 15th of january Uh, Be sure to check that out. That was a great conversation. I had a really good time with that. And now we're back. It is February 1 and we're back. And we're back for good. Um, Just been laying low lately. Uh, A lot of the guests have just been really depressed and down because of the fact that there's no shows to be played. So I get it. It, It's tough. They're not, they're not making money. You know, there's just a lot of, a lot of built up anger and Sadness right now in the world of music for the musicians. So, I, I think it's best we we check in on every one of them, keep tabs on them, let them know that you know we're thinking of them, and just hope and pray we can get back to to a way of life that's sustainable, both financially and just mentally. Uh, you know, helps them out because this has been an absolute nightmare. Imagine playing shows every night five days a week for 30 plus years and then it just stops for a full year nothing it's insane i mean that's that's i I don't know how they're doing it but uh prayers to them it's 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 just a crazy time but today is lane people's day on the show lane is a listener of this podcast which is uh Something I hold near and dear to my heart. Anybody that takes the time of their day to listen to this show just uh, means a lot. Because I know everyone else has a lot of stuff going on in life. And uh, finding time to listen to this means the world to me. Uh, So I can't thank you guys enough. And Lane happens to be one of those. Uh, He's been a listener since day one. Very supportive. Always offering insights and uh, advice each and every week uh I, I appreciate listeners like like that it, it means the world to me so i gave him the opportunity to bring him on and it happened uh, lane actually is an incredible guitarist he's really getting into the delta blues uh, lately uh really does a great job with the uh, robert johnson elmore james covers uh he, he's starting to figure out the slide thing and stuff like that i mean he, he he's got something special going and uh I want you all to keep tabs on him because there's a few artists that I've kept tabs on that like I just have a feeling and a like I have I have a vision that some of these people are just going to explode and I think Lane's one of them. If he if he stays as humble and grounded as he is right now, uh, the rest of the way, I think he's going to become a name uh, y'all be remembering for for a long time. So. You're going to hear my conversation with lane right now if you're new to the show thanks for listening be sure to subscribe to us on apple podcast follow us on spotify iheartradio thank you for listening here's my conversation with lane peoples enjoy you did you said this is your first ever podcast
1: yeah, yeah, this is it first is. ever one.
0: Perfect. Okay, so why, why? First off, I want to start as someone who listens to the show. How did you find out about my podcast, and what made you come, like, keep coming back? Because honestly, I don't know why anyone would want to listen to me in the first place. Um, I mean, how did you come across the show at the start of when everything began?
1: Well, actually, I think you on your personal page you had followed me on Instagram or something like that. And I checked you out and I think you had just started the the podcast. I Mm -hmm. think you were just starting it like at maybe three or four episodes. Oh, wow. Um, And I was like, Hey, this is pretty cool because (laughs) I, I, you know, you, you see all the big podcasts like Joe Rogan and all those guys. Yeah. And it's cool, and they have musicians on there sometimes. But it's really cool to have a podcast dedicated to music, especially the music I like, which mm-hmm. is blues. And so, as you started having more episodes, like it was really interesting to see some of the guests, like um, Kingfish Ingram and Vinnie yeah. Moore, and and all those guys. It's really and and Greg Guy, like those are just you know yeah. really awesome guests to listen to.
0: Awesome. Well, that that's cool because you know that's the one thing I think any content creator, even musician um like yourself who's trying to build a brand or build a following is the the question is is to do people listen like is there people out there that actually listen to this or i'm just doing this just to do it and i like you Mm want to know if people are tuning in and listening and that's why it's exciting because honestly like there's not many people that i know that actually listen to it like i see i see the numbers but it's like Mm-hmm. I, like I don't know, it doesn't mean anything. But to see reoccurring people come back and and talk about it is is uh, quite a treat. So I I thank you for that. And this is this is why I'm doing. I'm giving back to those who who given me the opportunity to continue going on. Um, first off, is the name uh, when I your name when I first uh, communicated with you over social media. Interesting last name. I've never never ever ever come across anybody with the last name of peoples, especially with the ass, yeah. like, um, was that hard for you growing up? Did you get a lot of shit or kids being assholes to you growing up as far as the last name goes?
1: Actually, no, surprisingly. Um, I, I grew up, there's a small town in Florida. That's where I live, mm-hmm. uh, called Keystone Heights, Florida. Okay. Um, it's about, uh, three, 45 minutes outside of Gainesville, which is where the uh, University of Florida is yep. and all that. So that's the college town. So I, you know, grow and I've grown up here for a long time. I think I've been here since I was like, it's your really, really young. Yeah, yeah, I've been <laughs> here since I was really young, and I've I've actually never, never had anybody give a shit about it. Surprisingly, which that's good. Um, and and actually, there are a few people around the area that have the same last name, but they're not related. Really, which is funny. That's yeah. interesting. That's really strange.
0: Wow. Well, I guess uh, that that's really weird to to have a last name like that actually be populated. You know, within a community like that, but uh, I have to ask you, since you are you're relatively young man, uh, who introduced you to the blues? Was it uh, parental influence, or was it something that you discovered yourself?
1: Well, definitely. Um, so, so to give some context, I've only been playing guitar for two years. I started August 15, thousand eighteen. Oh, you remember, I remember the that day. day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that day very nice, very vividly. That's when I got my first guitar. So, um. I guess I've been, my mom is a really big, you know, into blues. Yeah. And so I've been listening to it my whole life, but I never really understood it. Hmm. And that's, um, and I, and if I can be honest, I never really got into blues or rock and roll until I started playing guitar. Yeah. That so, makes sense. so before I started playing guitar, I was, I tried to be an athlete and I'm not very athletic, so that never worked out. And in my community anyways, a lot of the people at the high school, that I go to listen to rap music and pop music, that kind of thing. Sure. So that's what I listen to to fit in. Um, then my mom got me my first guitar, which was a red Strat knockoff from Walmart. There you go. And it was kind of like, I didn't take it seriously at first though. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like a backbone thing that I did here and there. And then I got a teacher and I started learning and then I started listening to the music and mm-hmm. I'll tell you. So it, to answer your question, yeah, it was mainly her, but, and I will tell you, Um, it was the one thing that really, cause I was really into metal when I first started and hard rock Mm -hmm. and I still like it, but I'm more of a blues guy now. And the thing that changed my perspective on everything, I watched Steve Ray Vaughn live at Elma combo doing Texas flood where he flips the guitar behind his back. And I'm just, I, that changed everything. I was like, I want to be able to do that. (laughs) So that definitely, that definitely my mom and also finding out for myself, Stevie Ray Vaughan and all those, that's what really influenced me a lot.
0: Yeah, I find it interesting that for, for you, you never got into the blues until you got a guitar. Was it the simplicity of, and no discredit to the music, because yeah, it is a very simple structure. I mean, it's a very basic, as far as the framework goes, but was it because of the fact that when you got the guitar you're like oh wait I I could do that so this is fun was that why you got into the blues because it's like oh I can replicate that sound on a guitar so this is cool Uh,
1: yeah I think partially that might have been what it was because I've never been like you know I listened to a lot of like Pantera and stuff like that I didn't know how to do any of that stuff That's so yeah yeah. (laughs) so I um uh I and especially my guitar teacher he showed me some of the blues and Hendrix and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um so par- but partially it wasn't mainly because it was easy, but it mainly I think the main reason really was why I started at it uh-huh. and I stuck with it was because and I think this can speak to everybody who plays and listen to blues. It just spoke to me, the form, yeah. the art form, because, um, you know, we all have the blues sometimes. And I think that's one of the best ways to get it out is to listen or to play, especially play as a musician. Like I can put on a backing track on YouTube and, and you know, play a 10 minute long backing track and just have fun. Yeah. you know, so I think that was probably the main reason is because it just spoke to me in ways that I've never had something speak to me before when it comes to an art form.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know? So would you say it was more of a, a therapeutic discovery than anything?
1: Yeah, definitely. For similar, sure. Right? Like yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, think it was because, um, I, I never fit in. I've never been one to right. really fit in with the, you know, big crowd and everything yeah. like that. I have you know, I, I know people know me, but I don't really, I'm not really friends with too many people yeah. at my school. So I'm more, um, it, 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 and especially when I started playing, it gave me a community of older folks around the area who play music. Yeah. So, um, blues just kind of in music in general, is was just like a community. Sure, and yeah. so it gave me a sense of community and it gave me a sense of, um, therapy during hard times. Um, and, and it also let me discover myself, you know, Two years ago, I didn't have long hair. I had very, very short hair. So, um, basically, like, I totally changed. I totally kind of discovered who I was. Sure. With the blues and with music, so it 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 has done a lot for me. You know, therapy and community, and soul discovery, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the the difference in hair two years ago. Uh, what if how do, how does that change because of the blues? Was there were there influences that you found through the music that you just tried to like. I don't know, imitate or kind of mimic cuz obviously the Almond Brothers are from that part of Florida, I believe. Uh mm-hmm. what was the reason as to uh the the change for you uh as far as appearance goes after discovering the genre?
1: Well, I think it not for me it wasn't necessarily trying to copy uh was just, just the, finding
0: the yourself. Looks.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, now to be fair, I do have a poncho like Steve Ray Vaughn <laughs> and I have gone to school looking like Steve Ray Vaughn and I get looks, but that's okay. Cause I just think it's cool, you know? Um, but mainly for me, it was like you said, it was really finding myself and finding what I felt comfortable wearing mm-hmm. and what, um, what I felt comfortable, you know, with my hair and facial hair. Cause I also didn't have a beard. I, I didn't never let it grow out and things like that. And I just clean shaven and things like that. But, I feel like the music kind of helped me, like I said, soul. Sure. Yeah. Soul discover, Mm -hmm. you know, discover who I was as a person. And uh, I think that's kind of what helped shape who I am stylistically, like dressing and appearance wise. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, it really, really helped with that kind of stuff.
0: Sure. Now, um, I, I think for the blues for me, people might think, like, I actually listened to blues my whole life. No, I actually really – it was a Buddy Guy concert in 2018. It was – what day is it? I had the poster signed by him. It was uh, September 14, 2018. That day, moving forward, it's been blues through and through with me. Before then, I listened to it, but I was like, like, oh, this is cool. But since that date, I've been – super obsessed with it which is interesting we all have those moments um you know that that click and since that moment all i've wanted to do is learn to play guitar but i can't do it to save your life to save my life that <laughs> is for you when when it when it comes to playing when you got that guitar from um uh, that, that red guitar cheap walmart guitar um what was what was so pleasing and relaxing about those early stages of playing and what were some of the f- frustration and barriers that you created personally, uh, psychologically, as a new guitar player, because one, kids, younger people picking up something, if you can't learn it in 10 minutes, oh, this is broken, Like you move on. What was so Mm -hmm. um, special, and what resonated about that formative moment as an early musician for you that made you power through?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that, and one thing I wanted to say is, like, one thing I've loved, always loved about your podcast is you ask just these amazing questions. I just <laughs> want to say that. Because <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I, I would say, I mean, I guess really deep down, I don't – I mean, it just felt – all my life I've never really been able to do something. Like, you know, everybody has their niche that they have yeah. that they can do. Like, some people can draw, and so people can take really good photographs mm-hmm. or something like that. And so – when I could start doing stuff and I could start picking at my guitar, mm-hmm. um it felt and especially when I was able to learn, like I remember one of the first riffs I learned was uh Smells like Teen Spirit, which I mean those are one oh, of the yeah. first riffs everybody learns. Of course. And I remember just sitting there playing that and I, I looking back, I sounded awful, but like I just listening to the record and playing at the same time, it just felt so powerful and good, you know. Yeah. And when it comes to challenges. I I I even still face that I I mean every musician does sure, you know yeah. trying to live up to our heroes um mainly one of the things that challenged me was um which recently and I'll talk about this this has been my recent struggle within the last 6 months is uh, repetition I feel mm. like I'm playing this I've been I felt like the last now the last month or so I've um <laughs> felt like normal again I felt like I've overcome that hump mm. um but for a while, for about two, three months, I felt really like I was being repetitive. And I'll, hmm. and I'll tell you what I did, because I love the blues, but I did, I took a break. So I totally, I went and I explored my mind with other genres. So I listened to, uh, I listened to jazz, I listened to neo soul, like hmm. Melanie Faye and, and that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. I, um, I listened to kind of, weird stuff like um even even music from other countries like India and things like that and just you know trying to hear other influences so that whenever I came back because I did you know about a month about a month and a half ago maybe two months ago I saw it on my I was on YouTube and I saw it there it was the Steve Ray Vaughn at El El Macamba and I I clicked it and I was like that's that's it you know came right back to it yeah and so and I feel like it just sparked sparked another um just like i don't know creative it's like a switch that me.
0: just turned on you don't know how or what it was but it's like oh my gosh this is a great feeling like i don't want that mm-hmm. switch to go off
1: yeah for sure and, and and that what i tried to do as well is take these influences from other other genres and stuff like that and incorporate it into the blues because um you know i don't want to i love steve rayvon and sure. i love all these guys but i don't want to sound like them yeah you know i want to sound like lane and mm. I think that's what every musician should strive for is to sound like themselves. And I think the best way to do that is to explore other genres. Absolutely. And it, like uh, one of the problems, some of the people I know personally who are musicians and they ask me how they want to be better, how they can get better. And I always say the best way to get better is to listen more. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of people, uh, musicians, we kind of have music on in the background. We're like, Oh, that's really cool. But nobody really sits down and analyzes the music mm-hmm. and sits there and really listens to what they were doing and maybe tried to get into the mindset of whoever you're listening to. Right. So then that's what I did. Like, cause some of the music I listened to, I didn't understand what they were saying, <laughs> you know, but trying to put myself in the mindset of, Oh, what are they doing? And, or picking on my guitar and like, Oh, that's, I've never seen that chord mm-hmm. movement before or something like that. You know, I've never heard of that chord um, or those tuning or yeah. whatever. Um, it, it that's, in my opinion, that's probably, one of the just the best ways to get better is and that's how I got I got out of the hump is just listening to other music really analyzing it and not giving up because one of the problems is some people will get that I'm at the point now almost two and a half years of where you get your first major hump and I feel like that was my first major roadblock with my playing was trying to sound
0: like struggling with developing your own sound while playing Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah and and a lot of some people end up quitting because oh yeah of course and i I will say it gets depressing when you sit there and you just start to think about it um (laughs) about man i can't why can't i sound like you know whatever but then you have to find ways to overcome it because you're never going to be a good musician unless you can figure out how to overcome those things
0: you know sure absolutely and i think John, john mayer put it best he said that you find your sound and you fail to sound like someone else in that process you develop your own sound because when he started playing all he wanted to sound like was Eddie Vedder and he obviously couldn't end up doing that but in that time he discovered his own voice and that's the thing is like eventually when you listen to a song so much your mind associates lyrically how it sounds in that song and you try to match that when unfortunately truth is you you cannot you you do not have that voice that is their voice you can you could sing it but you have to sing it in a way that's comfortable for you and what's in range and that's the problem for me because i listen to a lot of music and i think it's just i don't take enough time to actually try and get better with it because i don't i just got so much other stuff going on but as an upcoming musician i could see if if and why um that could be an issue as far as growth goes, especially in the formative years, because if you can't snap out of that creatively, you're going to be stuck there for a while and eventually you're going to mm-hmm. get to the point of like, shit, I'm 24 now. Like I've, where, what have I done? Like what have I yeah. put out? Nothing. You know, I I'm sound st- like I, I yeah. sound like
1: I sounded five years ago. Yeah. I'm still
0: here trying to emulate someone else when like, I'm not moving forward creatively. And that's what holds people back a lot. Um, even with bands like one-hit wonder bands, like for some reason, they'll just stop. like And they give up because they haven't created a song that reached the top again, which is kind of irritating because you got there. I mean, that should be enough energy and motivation to keep moving forward. <clears throat> but uh, the other thing I found interesting with you is the... You mentioned the the categories and genres like neo-soul and what I would call web-based genres, genres that people on social media platforms just resurrect. And you brought up Melanie Fay, and she's a perfect example of someone who utilizes social media as a way to put out her growth as a musician with videos. And that's how John Mayer found her. And John Mayer literally spends hours a day on Instagram just looking at certain hashtags and she put up a cover of one of his songs. I think it was, I don't know if it, what it was. I think it was Gravity maybe or something. And he discovered mm-hmm. it and he shared it and boom. Now she's got a, now she's got a, basically a career for her. So it's like mm-hmm. using social media like you do is a huge part of becoming musicians now. And you guys are fortunate enough because back then it was, not saying that it's much easier now, but... All it takes is a little click, upload, boom, and you have an opportunity to be discovered. How important mm-hmm. has social media been for you as of late, especially with Instagram? I see a lot of your stuff. Is it is it important to you to constantly put up everything and anything that you do in hopes of being discovered in that sense, like Melanie?
1: Well, and I will – now, one of the things about it is um, – I've changed my mindset on social media a lot in the last six months as well. Yeah, and I feel like that was part of my roadblock. So, I'm on I'm on everything Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and TikTok. I don't have Snapchat anymore, uh, but you know those main three platforms that you yeah. can kind of get discovered on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on. Now, one of the things about it was I used to do that. I kind of had an idea of of w- watching. I'd watch these people who are like, this is how you build your brand. You got to yeah. post, you got to have a schedule. Three times a every day. Three <laughs> days. Yeah. You got to do this. And I kind of got in that mindset of, oh, okay, well, let me, I got to try and build my brand and I got to do this and I got to do that. And um, what ended up happening is after I would end up posting stuff that I didn't really like that wow. I was doing. And so because I felt like I had to put something out, oh it's been 2 days. God, I need to put something out and I would force myself to do something. And that's why I think I got into that rut I was mm. in because I just felt so creatively blocked into what mm. I was doing trying to appease social media and trying to hit the algorithm lottery. Yeah. Um because I've I have I have a friend of mine who actually he's uh he's in, he's not he's in Illinois, I forget which city, but his name is Jalen Howard. He's a TikTok okay um hmm. he blew up on tiktok and he actually he would be interesting i would that's another guy you should talk cool. to is jalen jalen howard on tiktok really good guy and he he got i forget what video was that i saw him on but it blew him up and you know he's doing really well for himself and i saw that i was like well let me try and do that and i tried and i tried and you know it's a it's a roll of the dice every time you post it's, the, it's like i call it the algorithm lottery yeah and it for some people um and I, like I said, I guess it's different for each person. For some people, sure. that might be motivation. I'm like, let me keep going. For me, anyway, and how my brain works, that just, it kind of made myself collapse within myself. <clears throat> um, so it, it caused me to start making stuff and doing stuff that I didn't really like. And actually mm. about you know two months ago, I went on a purge of a lot of my Instagram posts and I deleted a lot of them because yeah, I wasn't I did happy with them.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and it just, I think that's one Thing about social media that everybody needs to be aware of is at the end of the day especially like not even just musicians but artists and things like that, people who are trying to grow a brand sure is you do have to keep up with it and you do have to you know um make sure that you're being active and things right. like that so that you can grow your brand but you also have to take into consideration doing stuff that you enjoy and taking care of your mental health i think that's a problem a lot of times nowadays I'm guilty of it too. prioritizing your brand and your image over your mental health. Sure. You know, um, that's something I had to learn uh, the hard way. Cause I, I, you know, I went through, especially during that rut, I was just like, really just not the same person, kind of depressed about everything and the, my playing and where I was. But after I, you know, stopped prioritizing social media and I stopped, I just prioritized the music and I prioritized my mental health i started posting what's funny is i ended up po- i end up posting now every three days for right stuff i like mm-hmm. you know so instead of trying to force myself to post every few days now naturally i post every few days now sometimes i won't post for a week but when i do post it'll be something i think is worth posting and that's what i think is important sure you know so I- social social media has has um has really impacted my life because i've met amazing people like you and a lot of a lot of other really cool people from places i would have never you know imagined meeting these people but you know in some ways it has been harmful and that's what i oh, do yeah. recommend, tell everybody to watch out for is to make sure that they're keeping up with their mental health and you know prioritizing their mental health over growing their brand
0: because, sure you know no, I, I totally I totally agree with that. Now uh, you said you you were going through a really tough time mentally. Um, you, you touched on you weren't happy with your playability and where you were as a as a player at that time. I mean, what else was going on in your life at that time that you were fighting with? Because I fight with inner demons all the time, and it's just like I feel like sometimes, like you mentioned, social media is a how would I is a curtain is a curtain to. The struggle. People go, Oh, you're doing mm-hmm. great. And you're like, Yeah, thanks. You're like, No, I'm not. I'm struggling. But it's like you feel pressured and um you feel like you have to answer and, you know, create content for them so you don't lose your following. And if you lose your following, mm-hmm. now you're screwed. When in reality, it's like you have to take care of yourself first. What else was going on in your life at at that time? Uh, Aside from the struggles as a musician and, and self uh, you know, just, just not being happy with your played ability. Was there anything else that was going on at that time for you?
1: Yeah. So um, mainly uh, the stresses of um, high school, I'm a senior now, this is my senior year. So I'm coming up on it and I'm dual enrolled, uh, which basically means I, I, I do high school classes and I do college classes. Oh, wow. Um, so you're smart. So, <laughs> uh, you know, i mean, I'm okay. I'm, I'm average, but better than I'm me. good enough to do it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I try to do good at school. School's really not like math is a problem for me, oh, but anyway, it. like, yeah, math, math is my biggest, my worst subject, but probably mainly school. Um, and, and also, um, I guess, I guess, I mean, it has to do with music, but like, so earlier in the year I had, I was in a group actually like late 2019 oh, okay, through, um, 2020, like I forget till April or right May before or stuff I was hit with the again. fan. Yeah. So actually it'd be around March cause mm-hmm. it was, so it's like from October, 2019 to like March, 2020, okay. I was in a group called, um, uh, it was, I won't name the name, but, um, <laughs> uh and they're 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 good guys i love them all um and i really appreciate them but it just wasn't where we were it was a cover band mainly and they had a few originals it was older it was older cast oh, okay. you know like they were all and they wanted they took me under their wing and stuff like that um but you know we were playing a lot of alternative mm-hmm. and we were playing stuff that like everybody knows right you know which you have to do and yeah. i understand that but Again, it comes to the whole thing about making your making sure you're happy, and I was not happy. Um, you know, a lot of people. It's the South in Florida, and at these bars, people want to hear Molly Hatchet. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we sometimes we would play um, Dreams three times in a night, and wow. after yes, and it gets very three gets times in a old. night.
0: So how long yes. are these sets? I mean, how, what, they're usually what four four hour blocks. You're hearing that within three times in four hours.
1: Yeah, people. If a and my our well, at least my band director, the band leader, whatever you want to call Mm. them, uh, his philosophy was if they tip enough, uh, you know. Yeah,
0: I got. I got. We'll play it. Yeah.
1: So, (laughs) um, and and like we play little dive bars and stuff like that, and so people would be drunk and they'd be like, "Yeah, I'll give ten bucks. Let's hear it again," (laughs) because. But after a while, you know, it gets old and some of the music well, it gets old, uh-huh. but I don't really like it. I mainly, mainly what I like is, is rock and roll and blues. And, um, like I love the sixties,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a lot of this, but a lot of the stuff we would play is eighties, um, excuse me, uh, eighties and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't really my thing, Interesting. you know, I don't know. So, but basically I left that group and I was kind of trying to find out what I was going to do. Um, I tried forming other groups. I tried forming people with that that I knew around the community mm-hmm. and at the school, um, I never really worked out everybody, you know, schedules and stuff like that. Yeah. I got a job and, you know, it, life um, happens, life happens. And, you know, I, there's sadly at, at, the school i go to there is not a lot of musicians mm. and and well there are there are there are a good amount i'm actually in a guitar class but none oh, of them wow. are at the level n- none of them are at the level to where like you can make a band you know so there wasn't a lot of musicians around at the school around my age that like had the ability to be in a band mm-hmm. um and had the knowledge enough to be in a band because so and i was i was trying to struggle to find people. And a lot of my friends left. I had a friend leave for the military. I had a friend leave from Missouri. Uh, a lot of, some, and they were buddies that I played guitar with. So, um, that too. And, and, you know, I'm at the age where, you know, you kind of start figuring out that, you know, you probably are only going to have two or three people constantly with, through your life that are going to be really close. So, um, you know, started, uh, started dropping people and stuff like that, or people stop dropping me, you know, yeah. because, I tried to surround myself with people who are going to push appreciate me to be better. you
0: and not just use you.
1: Yeah. So like all that kind of stuff was happening. And then on top of it, partially probably as well, because the music um, was stressing me out, trying to make sure that I was doing this and doing that. And, you know, um, but uh, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better. Uh, it's, it's been a lot better the last uh, probably two two months um that's good ever since probably the beginning of december i'm i've actually got a band kind of at least i hope so to my buddies so it's a three-piece oh nice just me and two other people and we're working on getting our set list and stuff down um and i'm really excited like this year i'm graduating and we're going to be just focusing on getting the set list down good man so i mean it's it's looking good it's it's looking a lot better mentally i'm a lot better um everything's everything's going great man or you know a lot better than it was
0: yeah, no, I I mean, men, mental health uh, for anybody in the arts has been really tough lately. Because anybody in the arts, even if you're just, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah just any any person working in the art and hospitality industry over the past, what, almost a year now has been mm-hmm. tough. So mental health is key. If, if you're feeling good up there, I mean, that's all that matters. Um, for me, that was the sole reason of starting the show was because I was so uh, used to, I was seeing four – not seeing, but I was working five concerts a week, going in on my off days, so that'd be six concerts a week. Whether I was getting paid on those off days or not, I was there to help because it was – I love the job. I mean, who doesn't mm-hmm. love the job? You know, sitting side stage right next to the, the Almond Betz Band's Guitar Tech, watching shows, shooting – I mean, it doesn't get better. So it was like it was a dream job, and I was loving it. And then when everything stopped, I was like, oh, this sucks but never expected it to go this long. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I did the show. And it's mentally, it's been very tough for me because one, I'm the same way as you were. I never didn't. I was kind of closeted in high school. I never went out and did things. I was always home on the weekends and never did much. Music or arts was my release. Mm -hmm. And to not have that part of my life has been absolute hell. And it still is hell. So if if you can maintain uh, a good standing with your mental health as a musician at a time like this, I think you're doing pretty well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, and it, it, it really sucked because, um, and that's another thing too. Like I just miss going out and to a open mic or something like that.
0: Oh, they're the uh, best. Because
1: usually, I know, and you know, because you get to see a lot of local musicians who are really good. Um, and it just, you know, I kind of got rusty a little bit from playing live. I really just played my first real live show, which was an open mic on New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. Um, that's a that's a big
0: I, night for you to have an open mic. Wow.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it was socially distanced and everything. And sure. it was it was really good. It was a really good night. Um, uh, but I was rusty for the first two songs. I really hadn't went out and played live in a long time. I mean, it had been probably three, four months and um, probably longer. I mean. Cause, especially down here, some a lot of people don't take COVID. Oh no! As As a musician,
0: it's a great place to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, some people. But I always try to make sure it's socially, like try to make sure everybody's at least me. You know, if other people, whatever. But I'm gonna make sure I'm safe and my family's safe. Sure. So that's another thing is I didn't go out a lot of shows because I tried to make sure friends and family Mm. were safe and I didn't expose people um, and be ignorant about it. But um you know i did w- go out one time and try to play and it just uh didn't feel right i don't know didn't feel right no because I got you. there wasn't even a lot of people anyway you mm-hmm. know everybody's lo- was locked inside their houses and still are pretty much and you know the open mic we had it was it was a good little event not a lot of people there but it just felt good to play for sure. other musicians mm-hmm. um so um you know it it, it Mental, the mental health thing, it, just, it really did affect, it really affected everybody. And I mean, it's affected everybody. Yeah. Um, it just, it has just really sucked the life out of, out of the arts and music. But the, one of the good things, and this is the, one of the great things about social media, there has been a lot of good things like, you know, when it, when it comes to music has come out, sure, a lot yeah. of people have more free time to create and be home. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of cool people on Instagram that just post some really awesome content. Um, or, or, you know, uh, Twitch, people go on live stream and Twitch. Yeah. Uh, I was going to
0: have you on, on there, but I'm like, ah, I was like, I'm still not, I tried it a couple times and I'm like, I, I feel like I'm a 90 year old grandma or grandpa <laughs> trying to turn on a iPhone for the first time. Like, yeah. I don't like, there's too many things, too many terms. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm going to lay low on that, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it can be, um, it can be challenging there's all sorts of like commands and all that kind of crap but you know i i would recommend you do try you know um but one of the things like i had i did i suggested is try and find because i'm not savvy with it it's better in my opinion anyway when it comes to stuff like that instead of relying on the internet and going between tabs having somebody on a call or something to talk to you talk you through it would be better because so that's what i would recommend because and twitch is a really good really good place to live stream um uh I would, you know but anyway like people have been streaming on twitch or facebook um i know a guy in england connor selby who's a really good blues musician oh, wow! okay um that's another guy see I, I and i i don't mind i, I love shouting these people out because i think they deserve it Con- connor selby's a really good blues musician he was actually uh let's see because you know you have sometimes you have three acts the opening yeah yeah, yeah. or the opening opening the opening and then the main act mm-hmm. he was like the first person for the who the who were about to go on tour
0: oh no they're in england
1: wow. yeah and he was him and his band were the first people and then it was whoever else and then the who so connor selby he's a really good guy uh i think he would be cool to have on here uh, he's from england so That's awesome but you know he would do he went on he did um i saw him do you like facebook concerts and facebook yeah. um uh like uh festivals like people would have festivals oh on, no way like virtual facebook. festivals
0: and that that's cool yeah
1: and it, you know it was really really cool um there was one group a facebook group that i joined and um a, uh, a guy created who kind of just like a musician thing and it was mainly for florida musicians but it, yeah. a lot of people joined from all over and basically he would set up it was like a set list kind of thing so once a week on like wednesday night or something like that mm-hmm. or no probably it'd be like a saturday it started 11 o'clock you'd you'd um you know so it'd be sun or saturday the sunday afterwards you would he would post the listing of all the times you would try to reserve your spot mm-hmm. then the saturday rolls around and then at that time you start live streaming from the group and it's kind of like an all-day concert event oh, okay, festival okay. Kind of thing. that's cool so there's been waves around it and i did that a few times and it was really interesting so there's ways around it but it doesn't it definitely doesn't feel the same as playing in front of a live audience sure. you know yeah because nothing beats playing in front of a live audience and seeing them react and uh, going off of the crowd vibes. because online you really can't you can't them,
0: gauge you know? and i mean it's not like you really can read comments as you're going along that's another thing mm-hmm. too is like engaging with those is is important, but it's so hard to, it's a lot easier to be playing and look with your eyes and not have to, you know, scroll and stuff like that. But I think yeah. the, the important thing about those open mics, um, I think those are super important. Whether whether you're a musician, you know, you classify yourself, like I wouldn't classify myself as a musician, but whether you're trying to d- develop a comfort or develop some sort of um, musicianship, those are super important, regardless of how many people are there, because... You learn the how to navigate a stage, how to direct your voice, because you got so many things going on in the room. I mean, you got sound bouncing off here, 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 here. I mean, that gives you the time to kind of settle in and, you know, understand how to use a room, because that's important Mm -hmm. with sound too. Um, Knowing knowing where the voice or knowing where your sound travels and how to play to the room, so. I, I've like you said I, I haven't been going out much playing either I used to just do like once once a month on a Tuesday with a couple friends but uh, yeah I feel playing open jams has helped me get better each time because playing in your room is great It's fun but mm-hmm. when you're in a different room with other people that's where you grow. I mean, yeah, you can't grow exponentially and get much better in your room too, obviously, but playing with other people is where you find yourself. Um, And I I think that's the most important part. And Opa Jams, I mean, I would go to every single one you can. I know in Florida you have that opportunity. Not here because everything's shut down, but Mm -hmm. I think think being there is, is great for a musician. Now, is as far as live events go over there, I mean, what's the schedule usually look like for, for music where you are? I mean, is there literally concerts like three nights a week, four nights a week or
1: now I will say, okay, so there isn't any like major, major concerts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, cause I, I think that's kind of like a federal government thing that they aren't yeah. allowing huge events like that, but you'll, you'll see, um, like in Gainesville, that that uh the town where UF played, University of Florida. Mm-hmm. You'll see uh you'll see things pop up there, like little concerts and events. Yeah. Um and actually at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, which if you ever get the chance to come to Florida, one of the best venues you'll ever see is St. Augustine Amphitheater. Yeah. Really good venue. I saw Joe Bonamassa there. Oh, okay, cool. Um I've seen I think I saw I saw no, that's I saw Tedeschi Trucks at Daly's Place, which is right next to where the Jaguars play. But
0: oh, wow. uh, St.
1: Augustine Amphitheater is a really good... I saw Bob Dylan at St. Augustine Amphitheater. No
0: shit. I've always wanted to see him. Like, I mean, how is he uh, live? I mean, I from what I understand, I had a friend who went to go see him in Chicago years ago. Not, well, not too long ago. Maybe 2015 or 16, whatever. And... The obsession of people waiting outside by the security door for him because he goes out and smokes. People were bum rushing that cigarette butt and they were like stealing it like the the attention and uh, Bob Dylan craze is still there. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how, how is he live? I've never seen him live. He still sound good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was, uh, you know, his voice isn't the same anymore. So you have to kind of take that into consideration. Um, But it was it was a good show. There was a lot of, you know, he played a lot of his classic songs Mm. and stuff like that. Um, Now, I will say there was a few people that, you know, especially uh, because so St. Augustine Amphitheater, you kind of have a lot of the, you know, you have your main chairs and stuff. And then right there at the stage, they call it the pit. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, it's like. May it, it can get crazy down there because that's the security, <laughs> yeah. Mashing. So, there was actually a guy, <laughs> yes. They there was a guy front row. I remember this very vividly. I, I would put 95% of my money that he was drunk. Um, <laughs> Bob Dylan had a rule now. I guess it's up to the person. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan had a rule that there was no cameras or no nothing. Oh, wow! Now, so you couldn't even have your phone out. Now, obviously, people, it's did. impossible. I did, yeah.
0: yeah, of course, yeah, I
1: did, but. You know you don't have your flash on you show respect sure some yeah. musicians don't care because it's you know you know the whole thing you wave you yeah. know but he he didn't want that so this guy thought it would be a great idea to stand up you know hey bob and he just had his flash on and he started this and i mean i security just swarmed him oh, yeah. <laughs> and just took him away you just see this flashlight just going back and Back all the way until you couldn't see him anymore. Oh, so he was, was still really... he was
0: still having it up as he was getting pushed away.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it was um it, it was a funny thing um, but yeah, I mean i I could there's still a lot of people that are very crazy about Bob Dylan. It was a good show. Um, I've been very fortunate enough before COVID hit to see a lot of cool concerts, sure. like like uh, Joe Bonamassa. I saw Joe Bonamassa. How is he live? Um, I've never seen him. He is amazing i mean and actually the amphitheater that show that i went to was the last show of his fall tour
0: oh no um for 2019
1: so and he actually had uh he usually has antoine fig as his drummer Mm -hmm. he had this um like 19 year old kid as his drummer and he was just killing it i mean this kid i i do not remember his name i wish i did because you know i would tell you um but he's just incredible play incredible drummer just Mm -hmm. beating the hell out of the drums but yeah he is Joe Bonamassa is a force. Like if you like blues and stuff like that. Oh, I've heard eight. of him.
0: I heard of his music, but I've never seen him live. And I mean, every usually I think it's January or something like he'll, he'll have like a little residency in Chicago. Same with Tedeschi Trucks. They have a residency every January um, here. Um, Gary Clark Jr. Residency every January. Obviously, it's been a little different. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember over Instagram live, one of the streams you were talking about how um life-changing seeing tedeschi trucks was in jacksonville um -hmm. especially the venue i think you said you saw it at too being that of not being the size of a venue that they usually play in it was more compact and small correct
1: yeah it wasn't it wasn't um it was intimate yeah it was it was and now and it was so loud that was definitely the loudest concert i've ever been to i mean what was you that could. like,
0: seeing him and seeing them in and, and that intimate environment? Because for me, really quick, is I work at a concert venue that holds max 900 people, max, tiny. And my boss, who does all the promotion, I mean, he's he's packing in Gene Simmons, he's packing in Buddy Guy, he's packing in Gladys Knight, uh, Dickie Betts, all these guys. And I mean, when you're saying 900 people, it's like, oh, okay. But it's really tiny. Seeing a, in that intimacy... I think impacted me more and made me appreciate the music much more because you, it's like smacking you right in the face. You're right there. Mm-hmm. What was it like seeing them in that type of environment?
1: It was, it was, I, I, you know, and I love Joe and I, I've seen buddy guy, buddy guy wasn't there. I have seen him actually buddy guy. I saw him at a smaller venue mm-hmm. in, um, in like Jacksonville. Oh, but, wow. okay. um, so seeing Tedeschi trucks, it was crazy because like you know I love their music and I remember when Derek was he took one of his solos and you could just feel the power Mm -hmm. in your chest and it was it was really it just you know rocked my world and what one of the things that annoys me too is right in front of me about actually no the row right in front of me off to my left there was Mm -hmm. a girl sitting there on her phone probably around my age teenager and her mom was having a good time um, but you know, I, I was, I'm just like, man, you have the opportunity to watch this and you're just uh, yeah. there texting. It's, it's like a so, mom's
0: failed attempt of exposing her to actual music.
1: hmm Yeah, basically. And it, it, it really disappointed me, but, um, I didn't really pay attention to them too much. I, you know, it, but it was, it was such a, especially with two drummers, you feel that bass, you oh, feel yeah. the bass drum. No, on, on on beats one three you can tell you know and that's the snare is so loud it, i mean they're a great band live you can just see how they all i mean because they're a huge band they got a lot oh, yeah, of people yeah, yeah. in that band so you can i mean you can just tell that they know what they're doing and yeah. that they have four they, they didn't know what they're doing so well that they are they are able to um You know, they're able to mesh so well together. And I remember when they came out for the encore and they did Midnight in Harlem, Mm. which is like their big song. Uh, Derek took probably about a five minute solo, um, which I I was powerful, you know, because that slide. That's he's one of the reasons I love. playing slide. Yeah, I was going to ask
0: that. Was he the reason that got you into that?
1: He he was. Yeah. I mean, when I watched, especially now, I've tried many, many times to play slide Mm -hmm. ever since I saw them, but I always gave up because it was hard. And then lately, within the last month, month and a half, I've really been digging into it. Yeah, you know, no, I, I
0: see. It's freaking good, man. I can't do I, it.
1: Thank you. And it, it it's it takes a lot of um, with anything new. It takes a lot of just dealing with the fact that AI hey, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You just have to deal with that feeling for a little bit. Excuse me. But I I love the sound so much. I just. I really connect to the sound of the slide with Derek, Dwayne Allman,
0: Elmore um, James.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing is I went back and I listened to a lot of the old Delta blues, mm. like acoustic old Delta blues. It's great, Robert Johnson and Elmore Elmore James, Mississippi John about. Hurt. Mm-hmm. All the Blind Lemon Jefferson, yeah. uh, all those just really you know, lightning Hopkins. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of those guys. Colin. Wolf. Though, mm-hmm, yeah. I think the London Money.
0: sessions for, for me was, was one of the biggest turn-ons for that type of music because I, it's something about his voice, man. Like, I don't know, like I've, if anyone tries to do that, like like you're going to lose your voice. Like, I don't, his voice is just, it hits you. Like, same mm-hmm. with Stevie Ray Vaughn's. It's its the rage without the anger. It's the honey over gravel voice. It's just, I don't know, it like penetrates your soul. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's, it, ah, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, and see, when, that's another thing, as a musician, when you listen to the people like that, and you're like, damn, why can't I sound like that? But then you have to get over, it and you're like, yeah. well, my voice is mine, and you have to just yeah. learn to live with it, you know. Um, but but yeah, man, like slide has honestly opened up a lot for me, and and like my last video I posted, I tried to be like I tr- like Jack Broadbent. I've been listening to a lot of him lately, and I recommend um, everybody listen to him. He's 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 from England. He has that really famous video on the bridge. In Amsterdam, and he's playing on the road. He's his version of On the Road again. Oh, wow. A whiskey flask. He used a whiskey flask as a slide. No, um, no kidding, really. Yes, he is amazing. He uses Hofner guitars. He's just really, he's got a really good voice, too. He's just, he, um, what's that famous, like Montreux? Is that what it's called? Who? The Mo- Montreux Jazz Festival? You know? Uh, um, Mont-
0: Mon- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's a weird French spelling, I think. Uh, yeah. Montrose or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he I know, played I know there he, yeah yeah he played oh, wow. at
1: that um um it's a jazz festival a, yeah yeah the the jazz festival he, he played there and he did a he did a killer version of when cries mary on the slide oh
0: man that's great
1: and it it's really cool and i've been trying to implement it and i've been trying to do kind of my own thing like mm-hmm. that but i've been listening to him lately and i kind of what i did was i took my acoustic guitar and i sat it down on my lap and yeah. i'm trying to do that too and and um i don't know i have it somewhere but I took an old um, – I, t- I took an old cologne bottle that I have, <laughs> and I took the top off because it's glass. Yeah. And I was like, well – Let's um, give it a use a whiskey flavor. Yeah, <laughs> and it said – that last video I posted, um, that's what I was using no was, kidding, that, was really. that cologne bottle. And it's – you know, and, and it kind of – when I started doing that, it kind of gave me a sense of like – kind of made me feel like I was um, back in that kind of era trying sure. to find whatever you could – to use to play mm-hmm. you know a whiskey flask uh, a, a silver a, like a knife or you know whatever you could find that could work right you know? I, it felt really cool to because i sat around the house like in for like 50 minutes i'm i was like i don't have a whiskey flask what am i going to use yeah when i thought about it i was like oh i got that old cologne bottle. let mm-hmm. me try that that's awesome you
0: know i think the the the, the funny thing is, and i'm laughing internally right now is is to see the reach of the blues in general because. um when I when I talked to Bobby Rush back in the start of the summer, I was scared to death. But seeing people your age talk about how important Elmore James was to your you know learning of playing slide guitar, and then looking back at my interview with Bobby Rush, Elmore James and Bobby Rush, they Elmore James started professionally with Bobby Rush. They were together in their first ever band. It was Bobby Rush, Pine Top Perkins, and Elmore James. The first ever band for any of them people back then. Like, they were best friends, Elmore James and Bobby Rush, and to see, I and mean, that was in the 50s, to see that music transcend and just carry over until 2021 is just, it's insane. I mean, you have bands who have a one-hit wonder. Um, who, who would it be? It would be uh, Oasis with Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. You'll hear that music play at a bar, but that's the only song you hear by them play.
1: Yeah. They have other music, details. but
0: it's... The blues, that music is still played. And it's it's being, it's replicated in different ways too. Uh, five Finger mm-hmm. Death Punch, you know, dug up Blue On Black and they put out a cover of that. So it's like to mm-hmm. see these genres cross over and still kind of recreate the older music is just insane. And I, I, I thought it's just funny. Talking to Bobby Rush and talking about how important Elmore was to him and to see the younger ones like yourself still find joy and and uh, a liking in that music is just it's just remarkable you don't see that with any other genre I don't think
1: yeah it's it's um you know and that's the thing too is I listen to uh I, you know I use Spotify a lot for my music yeah. so I'll go um they have like some playlist of old blues like yeah. blues masters and stuff like that but I do from time to time I check out the modern day blues. Sure. And it's interesting to see how the blues in itself has grown. And I mean, you can really tell it's, it's morphed with other genres,
0: Absolutely, you know,
1: and cause you hear some of these, like, I love Gary Clark Jr. He's probably, I was just going to say, yeah, he's on my bucket list to go see as soon, you know, once I can, um, I feel like he's just kind of given blues a new life. Like sure. his, his kind of stuff is really heavy and gritty, you know, and, 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 um, bluesy rock yeah you know it's 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 kick-ass it's a really absolutely it's just a really cool thing to see how the blues in some ways is staying true to itself mm-hmm. uh, you know but also is is um you know is expanding like i love josh smith and he has those jazz and oh, funk yeah. elements that he puts into the blues and it's so cool like he's one of he's another guy that i really am influenced by you know it's just a, a killer player and He's actually one of the reasons I went into jazz and funk music after really? I took a break for the blues. Yeah, I, I tried to get into that because I saw how he implemented it into his music. I was like, well, let me try doing some stuff like that. Sure. You know, so all the modern day guys are um, are just it's just in, really cool to see what a lot of people come up with nowadays, especially because you you know we have a formula one four five mm-hmm. for the blues. But it's so cool to see people take that and take it to a whole nother level nowadays.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it with that. When when it comes to the the future of the blues and the, the current um, up-and-coming Cats, who are your top five right now out there um, as far as the, the new wave of, of blues musicians?
1: Um. I definitely, I definitely love Kingfish. Sure, yeah, Chris Stone. I love; he's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Um, if we're just, I mean, it doesn't I would have to say, be straight
0: blues because the show is blues, rock, something, rock, jazz, all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a few guys on Instagram that I think are really, and I'll shout them out because I really think they're they're awesome. There's uh, Elijah Boone. Okay, he's a he's a um, he's a really cool guy really good musician Uh, let's see Baxter Hall he's a really good really good musician too um trying to think some more uh there's a there's a band um let's see see I'm trying to think now do you mean like just people like younger or do you yeah, like just up and coming?
0: Up and coming. Like, you know, the the future like the, the group of people who are gonna be a huge part of preserving and continuing the tradition of blues music.
1: Mm-hmm. So th- those those would be some of the main ones. I would say um man, it's hard because There's so many. There's so many, yeah. And sometimes I'm blanking right now on some of them, but um uh, um he's he's from england i forget his name something lee i think toby Uh, lee toby lee he's incredible he pisses me off though because he's so
0: like he's got this he's, he's 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 literally got the most innocent he he you look at him and you just see pure innocence you see you see, if you just saw a photo of him, you would think nothing of what he does. Like, hello guys, it's Sunday, and I'm in my van, and he's like, you're like, what the fuck? The kid just destroys it.
1: I know. It pisses yeah, me off
0: because he's so fucking good.
1: Yeah, I know. He's really just uh, he, he's a badass. He's um, he's the definitely kid is special, man. I, yeah. I know. I, I'm hoping, you know, I hope one day that I see some of these people. I wish I I, I want to meet eventually. Um, I've tried to get I, him
0: but he's like the hardest under 10 year old to, to contact yeah. <laughs> I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah I can imagine I mean how many followers do he have like I don't know but
0: the kid's unbelievable and he has been for a while like mm-hmm. I mean he's playing full size guitars and he's like yay high I mean mm-hmm. the, the kid it, it's not that he could play like he he knows how to play the songs but it's the way he, play, he plays them the way the blues is supposed to be played with emotion and it's, he, it's yeah, raw he, it's all him
1: he plays like he's you know, like 60 years old. Yes, and it's been playing his whole Freaking life.
0: insane. Yeah.
1: So uh, now, another guy I would say that I'm all, I mean, he's not really, I forget how old he is, but Jared James Nichols. Oh, yeah. Um, I love
0: him. I, uh, I, I did work with him before. The dude is just, he's played no pick, just a thumb, right?
1: Yeah. He, that is all, I mean, I watch him do that. And actually, like, incredible. I've been lately experimenting with, um, not using, using only fingers and thumb pick. Sure. You know, well, I've, I've been, yeah, it, it definitely is. It definitely can be hard. Um, but he's actually one of the reasons I started trying to see what I can do without a pick. Yeah. You know, because you kind of open yourself up to a lot of different things you can do. You have so, more control. Mm hmm. Yeah. You have more, uh, more, more feel. Um, yeah. Accessibility. I feel like with, you have more fingers. So, I would say those are a few guys. Um, Connor Selby, the guy I mentioned earlier. Right. Connor Selby, he's young. I think he's like 20, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine. Um, he's another one that's just... he His, his debut album, just really killer. You know, really good blues album. Um, but that, and that's the good thing is I think the blues is not dead. I think sure, there's yeah, just yeah. so many... There's so many people nowadays that are doing it especially like with social media I mean you see all the people that are doing it and enjoying it it's mm-hmm. really really cool to see you know yeah
0: awesome well hey I, I appreciate you you coming out and doing this this was fun I haven't done a show in a while it's been since December 28th a lot of it's just a lot of the guests who just you know they're they they just had enough they want this lockdown to be over with because they don't want to do press if they have nothing to put out there but um, I'm glad we were finally able to get to this um, it feels good to be back and talking about the music because mm-hmm. I, I felt like um, I, I resort back to what you said in the beginning about mental health and, you know, over social media. But my mental health is works hand in hand at times with shows like this one in particular, because it's like oh my God, I love it so much, but it's like I feel like I'm not providing and giving the content. But it's because, like you know, it's just been it's been a tough time for all these musicians. They're just so fed up. So mm-hmm. I re- I really appreciate you uh, finally getting able to come on. This is this has been a really good time, man.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I just feel really honored to be on a show with that. Um, you know, has had a lot of really <laughs> awesome, awesome musicians on it, and I'm, you know, I'm. It's a it's a really good show. And
0: I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, man. It's it's um it's good to see that there are. Cause like i said earlier i mean you have podcasts right that you have musicians come on mm-hmm. but to see something like this that is about the music and about the music i really love right you know, it's it's um it's really nice to see and it, it's exposed me to a lot of people i never really knew about mm-hmm. you know some of the some of your guests i've uh, never really heard about and i go check them out i'm like damn they're, they're really good <laughs> so um yeah man i just i really appreciate it and i'm hoping maybe next time when i'm on i actually have some because I'm trying to work with this band and I'm hoping the goal is I'm hoping by the end of this year, by the end of 2021, I'll Mm -hmm. have something out like an EP or something like that. That's the goal. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. But, um, but yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on it. has been an honor.
0: Yeah, you bet. You take care of yourself. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was my conversation with the great Lane peoples listener of the show. Incredible guitarist, Bright future ahead. It was a pleasure to have him on. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Visit our website, themondaymorningblues.com. And thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We will see you next Monday with Will Johns. That's going to be a fun episode. Nephew of Eric Clapton, Mick Fleetwood, and George Harrison. The guy's got a lot to talk about. And it was a fun conversation. Stay safe and we'll see you next week.